This podcast is produced by CDSS, the Country Dance and Song Society. CDSS provides programs and resources like this podcast that support people in building and sustaining vibrant communities through participatory dance, music, and song. Want to support this podcast and our other work? Visit cdss.org to donate or become a member today. One and a half around. Now below one couple and four with six. Look around to the right when you balance. Look around to your right and you balance once again. Swing your partner. Hey there, I'm Mary Wesley, and this is From the Mic, a podcast about North American social dance calling. Nicely done. Through conversations with callers across the continent, we'll explore the world of square, contra, and community dance callers. Why do they do it? How did they learn? What's their role on stage and off in shaping our dance communities? What can they tell us about the corner of the dance world that they know and love the best? Each episode, we'll talk to a different caller, but they all have something in common. A spark. A desire to lead, to share joy, to invite movement, to stand in that special place between the band and a room full of dancers or people who don't yet know that they're dancers. And from the mic say, find a partner, let's dance. Hello everyone, welcome back to From the Mic. Today I'm thrilled to share my interview with Catherine Burns of Ottawa, Ontario. The first time we've heard from a Canadian caller on this podcast. Catherine has been at the heart of the Ottawa contradance scene for decades. Born in Switzerland to Canadian parents, Catherine traveled the world in her youth, following the diplomatic career of her parents. As an adult, she sought to put down roots in one place, and what better way to do that than through traditional music and dance? In the early 1980s, she worked alongside her husband, Gord Peeling, who helped form the Old Sod Folk Music Society with musician Ian Robb, The group promoted traditionally-based folk performance in Ottawa into the late 90s when they added a regular local contradance to their offerings. Catherine, who had encountered contradancing when visiting Ailes with her Northwest Morris team, Hogsback Morris, became the house caller. The rest is history. Catherine has been a steady presence in the Ottawa dance scene since its beginnings, helping to mentor new callers and helping to shape a warm and welcoming community in her chosen hometown. I learned in this interview that as of July 2023, Catherine has stepped down from the Dance Organizing Committee to enjoy some well-deserved rest and spend more time with her family and grandchildren. She's truly an inspiration. Here's Catherine. Catherine Burns, welcome to From the Mic. I'm really happy to see you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yes. And as we were just saying, as we were getting things set up, um, 
this podcast is trying to talk to contra dance and square dance scholars from a really wide geographic range. And I haven't yet uh, made it up to Canada, so to speak. I wish I was there with you in Ottawa, but we're we're joining virtually today. Um, but I'm really excited to um, get to talk with you a little bit about your experience, your dance community there in Ottawa. Um, lots of things that I haven't gotten to talk to you about despite um, you know, running into you at dances over the years. So thank you so much for My joining pleasure. us. Well, I often really just like to kind of start at the beginning and hear how you came into the world of um, traditional music and dance. Was it, you know, something you encountered growing up, something as a young adult? Kind of give give us the where the story started a little bit. Not something I encountered growing up because I grew up here and there. My father was in the diplomatic corps, so I grew up here and there. Uh, but I've been in Canada, you know, since I was at university. So it all came through meeting Ian Robb, that many people know, I'm sure, concertina player and great singer, part of finest kind. Uh, my husband, Gord, wanted to learn <laughs> how to play the concertina. As uh, so we went to the Folklore Center and he asked, uh, who could teach the concertina? And the only person they knew was Ian. So Gordon and Ian got together and quickly learned, as Ian says, he was not a good teacher. And as Gord says, he was not a good student, but they struck up a friendship. <laughs> and uh, then we were in Toronto for a couple of years. And when we came back, Ian had started to put on some traditional concerts, bringing musicians from mostly from the UK. So we got involved in that. And that became the Old Sod Folk Music Society. And we put on concerts for quite a while. And then in addition to that, we started a Northwest Morris team. You know, the clogging one? Yes. Yeah. So that was great. We started to go to Morris Ales, where there was usually a contra dance at night. So that was the first time I'd been to a contra dance. Uh, really enjoyed that. You remember which ale was it? The Midwest ale or Marlboro? Uh, we were the first mixed team allowed to go to Marlboro, which was an honor, I'll tell you. Yes, I don't a, know. an historic uh, moment for sure. Yes, something we're very proud of. We're we're called Hogsback Morris because the where the Rita River comes over, it's called the Hogsback in Ottawa. Um. And then, you know, the Morris team, some people left, some people got tired of it. Uh, we were teaching new people. So we're thinking, you know what? Enough with performance dance. Let's do some community dance. So we got together in a small community hall and we already had musicians, you know, and we had, and uh, various of us tried calling. Some people were better at it than others. <laughs> Some people, you know, had a, the, you have to strike that tone, right? Where you're telling people, but not, you know, it has to be in a very friendly and you can't get upset if people do the wrong thing. That's, you know, not going to go well for you. So, no. but anyway, I really took to it. 
And so we started this little dance, counter dance, and some of the English country dancers in Ottawa were helping us too. So we kind of mixed it up. And, and then we started this uh, dance series in early 90s, which was the Old Sod Band, which was Ian, Rob. Uh, it was a big band. So they never got paid very much because the, uh, Ian Robb, Philip Murphy, Tim Cutts, and Downey. Uh, at the time, I think Doug Hurlhigh was playing. He played uh, the Hammer Dulcimer. Various people moved in and out. But it was basically, so we had that band. And so for 20 years, maybe, it was just the old top band and me. So, <laughs> so, so you and then had about, some experience. <laughs> yes. So we did that once a month. And about 10 years in, I think John Argus said to me, well, we need two dances a month. And I said, okay, start another one. So he did. And he's, he brought in more visiting bands. So we had both. And then about 12 years ago, we combined them both to make Ottawa Contra Dance twice a month and a much, uh, you know, great organization. So, and that's what it's been in the last 15 years, I guess, 13, something, who knows, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. So then I started to call just occasionally, not because we had people like you coming. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. One of my favorite dances to visit. And I, I hope to visit it again. Yes. You know, yeah. Like- as we all know, things are, we're all getting back on our feet in that way, but um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely part of like the Northwest circuit for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. I know we haven't had, well, you know, because musicians haven't been able to cross the border until the last little while without, you know, vaccinations and then paperwork. And then our border was closed, right. With yeah. the U.S. For so long. So, and also we, you know, whether we can pay a fair wage to people who have to travel right now. Traveling, yep. So we're just relying on local bands right now. And as has kind of going back to your roots. Yeah. (laughs) So like you started that way. (laughs) Well, there's still an old sod band, only now they're called Odds and Sods because it's whoever, Ann Downey and and Tim Cutts, basically, and Philip can, and Ian Clark can get to play with them, so. Nice. But they just, they'll just play one or two. So dances, I mean, yeah. 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 So that's the long origin story. Very good. In Ottawa. <laughs> All <laughs> because Gore are... wanted to learn the concertina. So <laughs> you're, and you're right. You're very much at the, at the center of it in a lot of ways. And, and so backing up a little, were you, did you grow up in Canada? Were you, are you, are you? I grew up, um, I was born in Switzerland. My parents are Canadian, we're Canadian. My dad was from Winnipeg, my mom from Toronto, and he was in the war. And then when he got, um, when you're charged, discharged, whatever, yes, there is a proper word, but Anyway, it was in Kingston, and he and his buddies just walked over to Queen's University in Kingston, and because we had, as you did in the U.S., right, the Veterans Act or whatever, to free yes. education. 
And then he and his buddies all are, oh, there's jobs in Ottawa in the foreign service. They all got on a train um, and came to Ottawa. So, uh, and he met my mother at Queens. So they were posted in Switzerland, which is where I was born. And we were in London for four years. Then we were, what well, before that we were in Sri Lanka. Oh. Uh, then we were in London for four years and California and DC then and by the way I can still pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America <laughs> for four years of school there every in, day you had to the say 50, it yep <laughs> and you know my dad said is it okay if they just stand out of respect but not say it because they're not actually American no, sir, they must say it. So I can still say it. Uh, and then we were in Geneva for three years and then back in Ottawa. And then I was at university after that. So wow. I was in what a journey. I think I lived in, by the time I was in grade eight, I lived in five countries and been in seven schools. So, so well, so well adjusted. And yes. <laughs> Yeah, And uh, I mean, and so in all of that moving around and living in different places and communities mm -hmm. and cultures, you know, even though you weren't doing contra dance or, or, you know, the kind of trad scene that you're into now, were you aware of, of music and dance or, you know, what was kind of the, the environment of, that you grew up in, in that respect? No. Not really, because I was, you know, as I was in primary school and uh, I was in middle school here in Ottawa, and then I was in high school in Geneva. So even, you know, when you're in another, when we were in Switzerland, we were, I wouldn't say we were very involved in Swiss cultural life, right? So right. my parents always tried to be, you know, we lived in the community, we didn't live in a separate area or anything, but uh, yeah. So, and then when I was at university, not really. I mean, it's thanks to the community here that was already here of traditional musicians that just got me. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And then, so sort of since university, have you mostly been based in Ottawa then? Yes, we, Gordon and I lived in Toronto for three years, and then we were back here. So, yes, we've been in this house for 42 years. And do you, I'm staying do you think, here. Yeah. Do you think you kind of craved that after a very different experience in your, in your formative years? Some kids who grow up, military families or diplomatic families, some kids keep on moving they just yeah you know that's part of their and others are like yeah I'm here and I'm not going anywhere <laughs> so I think yes I fall in that category <laughs> yeah and then you but you've built a whole you know community around around yourself uh it sounds like through the music and dance scene well not not around me more not around. just you right yeah. but around yeah, yeah you music. became part yeah. of one yeah yes yes well, that's it, right? That's, I never, you know, you're getting into some deep psychological uh, stuff here. Because we do not have that, to. <laughs> that's probably why, right? Us, was, right? Yeah. It, in all my travels and changing schools, um, you know, I didn't have 
like a strong group of friends even in all that time. So, and that community is what I have here. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, because when we moved to California, we went from London to California, uh, LA, Pasadena. My parents put us in public school. And then the next year they put us in private school. And then we moved to Washington and they believe in public schools. So they put us in public schools and then they put us in private schools. So in those four years, I was in four schools. So Oof. it's, uh, and you're, you know, seven, eight, nine years old. So yeah. yeah. And so do you, is there anything that you recall uh, about your sort of first encountering contra dancing at the Morris Ales? Do you remember kind of who, who was leading it and what the scene was? I'm kind of curious, you know, about those early experiences. Yeah, so that was Marlborough. And then we would, used to go to the London Ale and the Toronto Ale. But I think, I think Marlborough was the only one we went to in the U.S. Um, yeah, who was there? I don't know, Paul Eric Smith, I think, and that whole, the Marlboro men, you know, Tony. and uh, Tony Barron, yeah. Those guys, yeah, yeah. 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 And then, and then what, what you said you felt drawn to do, a kind of dancing that was less, you know, a display dance or a yes. performance. Yeah. and more kind of participatory yeah. and how exactly. did that play out as you started up with old sod and finding the hall and how did you get people to come you know yeah how did we get people to come well we just started off slowly and the word got out I mean Ottawa it might be a million people but it's 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 also a fairly small town in many ways and that traditional community I think we put up signs at the folklore center and we had a mailing list for our concerts so you know and it's not an automatic thing that someone goes to the to hear the music wants to dance but we got enough people and then um you know for many years we had it I can't remember which Saturday it was maybe the second Saturday but every month in the same place in a church hall uh, downtown and so people knew we were there. The challenge for me, which was a good thing, was it was if it was me every time, I had to have new dances. You know, I can I people can't come and say, oh yeah, the same program. You know, people do notice. So and callers, the callers box did not exist at that time. Right. right. You couldn't just type in something that you were interested no, in. No. Right. So, so how were you building your, so your I repertoire? To, well, yeah, I had to, well, the books like Becky Hill, Jim Flaherty, um, who else? Uh, there are a bunch Ted of the Sanella, maybe Ted Sanella, Larry, yeah. Jen, Larry Jennings would have come along. Yeah. And Tony Parks. Tony Parks was my hero, pretty much. His book mm-hmm. taught me so much. You know, his so his his book on on calling. How to be a caller. Yeah, how to yeah. be a caller. And I remember where was I? I think it was at Nefa. I'm dancing, and oh my gosh, I'm swinging with Tony Parks. And of course, I'm like, ah! and then I. <laughs> <laughs> completely messed up right we were supposed to do something and I'm doing the wrong thing and I'm like great this is just really great he was kind of a rock star 
<sighs> yes. So, you know, I had to go to, so I went to, we went to old songs, I'd go to the dances and, you know, sit at the side and write down the dance or ask the caller. So I had to be out there collecting dances, which was great for me. But no, the kids have it easy, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's almost overwhelming the amount of material oh. that at one's fingertips now. You know, well, you I know, think there, there yeah. is something about, you know, collecting from from the dance floor, especially, mm -hmm. you know, having done a dance, felt it in your body, and then yeah. realizing, okay, I can, I like this, I'm going to add it to the box. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite dances is one that you called here that Birmingham's, you know, um, by Gary, Gary Nelson. Gary Nelson. Yep. Yeah. I love that dance. And I got it. Uh, I got it when Adina Gordon called it somewhere. Perfect. <laughs> That's a yeah. great dance. I know. I know some people are really good about tracing, tracing those kind of lineages of like where, you know, writing down where do you do that? Do you keep track of where you get dances? I usually on my card, I'll, I'll put like on that, my Birmingham's card I have from Mary Wesley on it, just to remind me. Nice. I like to finish a dance with that because you end up swinging your partner. With your partner, exactly. Yeah. And so, you know, part of what I'm just kind of curious about are, are like all the individual perspectives on, on being a caller and, and also, especially kind of how that's shaped by the different places and communities where where someone calls you know and so and you have like such a strong home community so you know but it sounds like you've also gone farther afield to um to dance or to attend these festivals nefa and old songs and <laughs> the flurry and things like that so you're so you're sort of doing this cross-pollinating and then coming back home to to cultivate things so how would you describe kind of the ottawa dance scene or or ecosystem and are there things about it that that stand out to you or that feel unique when you you know when you go elsewhere like give us a little insider view on on ottawa um, I feel we have a very, we have a very welcoming community and we, we have a very egalitarian community too. Like, you know, in the past, I don't know, years ago, certain dancers would say, could we have a dance just for the experts? And we would always say no, hmm. because that was never our philosophy. Our philosophy was always accessible to everybody anytime and nobody should feel that unwelcome, you know? And think about our dances, we, all, we always have like five, six, seven, eight new people every time, some of them stick and some don't, but so you can't, you know, you have to choose your material <laughs> to be interesting and yet not too complex. But um, I think, it, I mean, I'm not, part of a lot of other communities I called a bit I called more like in my I don't know 20 30 years ago I called in uh, Syracuse and here and there and I, we called I am in uh, oh what's the one in Vermont that uh, Montpelier yes thank yep. you mm -hmm. yeah yeah and uh, 
that's that hall, right? The the Grange the, is that the Grain Capital City Grange. Yep. Yeah, it's still there. <laughs> I have a good story about that if you want to oh, hear it. Oh boy, I would love to hear it. That's my that's my home dance hall. So <laughs> oh, awesome! It's a yeah. lovely hall. Well, the old Todd band. They were always, you know, can't we play this? Can't we play that? I'd be like, no, you can't play that. No. They love the the real de Beatrice, which is a three part tune. I'm like, no, you can't. Well, can't you write a dance? This is the only dance I've ever written, and it was uh -huh. so they could play the real de Beatrice. So I'm teaching the dance at the Grange, and I get to the end of the B part, and I just keep going, and they're like, no, 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 no. The dancers? <laughs> no, no, like, no. What? This, isn't... this can't like, be right. No, no, just wait. <laughs> so it was great. That was fun. They enjoyed it. That's the only dance I had ever written. Do you write dances? I don't. I yeah. have, uh, I think I tried to write one once. And uh, I just, you know, I talk, I've talked to some people who just write Right. I just interviewed Luke Donforth, who just writes them, you know, practically in his sleep. And, and yeah, you know, yeah. I think I just sort of felt like one, there's so much out there. Mm -hmm. And, and two, it's just not doesn't seem to be something that's sort, sort of a knack or comes, comes naturally to me, I really enjoy just like getting to explore and see what everybody else has written. And, um, yeah. and uh, so yeah, but it is, you know, it is kind of a curious part of the contradance tradition is that there is this possibility to to innovate. So like you said, there mm -hmm. there was there was this opportunity uh, to to make your band happy, which is always important. <laughs> um and uh, and you know, now that I think about it, I certainly know of maybe a handful of other three-part dances that probably huh, emerged yeah. for similar reasons of musicians yeah, saying yeah, you know yeah. it, it it is it is that is one thing the other thing about contra dancing is you do have this you're you have these constraints which you know can can lead to a lot of creativity like what can I fit into the 32 bars but then I understand from the musician's point of view wanting to bust <laughs> out sometimes yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I've never written any other dance because I've never felt, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But the uh, the inspiration to do it, really. Yeah. Like, like you said, there's so many great dances. So. And so when you started out, you would work with old, you and old sod band were really a team. Yeah. Yes, pretty much. I think there were seven of them at one time and wow. settled down to six. 
a lot of musicians will agree. There's a there's a good story because um, I, do you know Ian Clark? You know Lynn and Ian. Uh, I know of them. Yes. Yeah. He's a Greek guitar player. He plays in the old Sog band, but our the regular Philip, who's a quiet spoken man from Dublin, he's he was guitar player forever. And he had to miss a dance. So they asked Ian Clark to play instead of to sit in for Philip. And then Ian's been in the band ever since. <laughs> Like, so we've had two, so there, there were two guitar players after that, <laughs> which, and Philip always called the, the other fella. The other fella. The other fella. So he's been in the band for like 15, 20 years or something, but he's still the other fella. Yeah. And that, it sounds like it was a, it was a big band. That's a big sound you can get from yeah. five or six musicians. Their, the quality of their musicianship like, I don't think, you know, we would say, do you think people in Ottawa know exactly what they've got here as a home, as a house band? I mean, yeah. they were amazing. I mean, Ian, Ian, Ian Rob has stopped playing because uh, he has some arthritis in his fingers and to play, he can accompany himself on songs, but to play, you know, like that for so long, you know, through a whole dance is too hard on him. So it's, you know, some of them have retired, but it was just the sound. I mean, I just loved, loved, loved standing in front of that and hearing that music, you know. Yeah. Isn't that the best part as a caller oh. getting to stand up there with yeah. the with the musicians? Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, oh yes, what? <laughs> because, <laughs> right, because you're like, just dancing away. Are we changing the tune yet? Yeah. <laughs> like oh I was just Are grooving out yeah <laughs> yeah so so what was the you know in addition to getting to getting to stand next to the band what what other things kind of drew you to to keep learning dances and keep calling some people try it and they're like well that's nice but I'm going to keep yeah. dancing you know <laughs> yeah 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 I, I like dancing too for sure yes. but I I don't know. I just, you know, you're standing up there, the music, you're f full of the music and you're, and people are smiling. And you're just watching people. And then, you know, maybe you have to help people a little bit, get back on the mic and help. There's a little scattering over here. So you have to start calling again. And I'm always watching them to make sure, you know, cause I try to drop out. I try to drop out as soon as I can. So they're not, they're not there to listen to me. They're there to dance the music, but you know, keep an eye on everything and so then I'm just watching and it's just great and and what what has your other career been do you know do do you do teaching or kind of have a leadership role in in other settings in your life I was a teacher of English as a second language oh yeah and then I stayed home with my kids until the youngest was what was she 10 or something like that and then my friend Val Rob um, had bought a drapery business with a friend, and a friend, another friend was her accountant, and they were still writing everything, you know, in books. And Trudy, the accountant, said, "No, no, you have to, you have to use QuickBooks. You have to." And I said, "Oh well, I'll come in and put the data in for you if you want to get it started." 
15 years later. <laughs> so <laughs> that, you're, you're the other fella of, of the drapery yeah, business. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I worked uh, part time, you know, a couple of days for them. And then um, I worked also for a, uh, as a part-time bookkeeper for a couple of other small businesses. So that's what I ended up doing, just fell into kind of. Nice. Teaching is what, you know, what I enjoy. So That makes sense that you'd have a bit of that, that foundation in there when you're. Yeah. That and numbers. Numbers are good when you're. <laughs> when you're a caller <laughs> it's true yes there is there's some math there's some counting yeah and so you mentioned tony parks obviously being a big influence did you have other mentors and in particular kind of like in the ottawa community or farther afield in canada who were some of the other folks who, who were kind of in the in the ecosystem as callers yeah yeah you know i we were pretty well self-taught yeah and i would i would see because you know it's not a tradition in our country contra dancing so i know you know there's a group in toronto and but and their groups scattered here and there but it's it's not i mean in the ottawa valley it's step dancing you know is the uh the dance of choice and all, all our daughters were step dancers and then that's competitive, which isn't always. So is that Irish step dancing mostly? Uh, Ottawa Valley step dancing. Ottawa Valley. Okay, I do not know about this tradition. The whole difference: you've got double clackers on your toes, so you and it's way looser than Irish, right? It's very, yeah, it's a kind of a cross. Ian had a good term for it. I can't remember, but it, you know how Irish you have to be straight. Yes. Yeah, it's not so much like that, and and it's the double tap. You've got the clickety clack mm -hmm. on your shoes. So, and it's always like fiddle and step dancing competitions all around the Ottawa Valley. The fiddle players had to play a jig, a reel, and then a waltz. And then they would play for the step dancers, you know, get five-year-olds all the way up in the group dancing. And so they all did that. So that, so it's the music, but not contra dancing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, and this is where I, I probably have some homework to do to, to be a bit more well-versed in some of the other, um, you know, kind of local traditions and practices in Ontario, you know, Quebec, I, I live in Vermont, which borders Quebec, yeah, yeah, and there's obviously yeah. a whole host of uh, music and dance traditions there. I'm familiar with the Maritimes, but, yeah. you know, then when you're going going west from Quebec, it's, it's, I have to imagine that there, that there were also some social dance traditions that would have come with Oh yeah. Um, with settlers, probably some yeah. square dancing yeah. and other social dance wouldn't have been oh, yeah. called contra dance, but yeah, there's certainly square dancing in Ottawa. No, but it's not like in some communities in the Maritimes where you go to the dance hall and they're doing dance number two. They're doing the dance. Yeah. Oh, or the other dance. Yeah. Dance number three. And uh, yeah. 
<laughs> right. So, yeah. Yeah, you should look for some uh, videos of Ottawa Valley step dancing. I certainly will. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll have to share what some in the... I remember what, how Ian described it. Cross between Fred Astaire and something. <laughs> oh, wow. Can't wait to see. <laughs> it's much, it's showier in a sense. Like, yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how cool. And so then when you were introducing contra dancing, it was a, sort of a a new, Nobody a new thing. Yeah. Okay. hundred yeah. percent. There was, there's an English group, English dance group here that's been right, going for 50 saying. years. Yeah. It's an international dance group also that's been going for a long, long time. And they would occasionally do a contra dance. International, they would occasionally do a contra dance. Nice. So yeah, thinking more about your your role as the caller. I mean, you've meant there's obviously a teaching element, um, but you know when you're getting up on stage, getting ready to to lead a group of people, do you have you know any kind of guiding principles or or um, ways of thinking about it that you've developed over the years? Well. Um... I try to be humorous. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned kind of a lightness is, is you know, yeah. especially when people are brand new to it. Yeah. Can go a long way. Yeah. So, you know, it's funny. Some callers might think more about the dance in the sense of, you know, when they're choosing dances, oh, this looks a really interesting dance to teach and do. And and I'm always trying to think of it from the point of view of the dancers. You want it to be interesting, but I don't go for really a lot of complexity. I don't really go for straight easiness either. Like it's got to be interesting to the really more experienced dancers. But um, yeah, the really complex ones are not my bag at all <laughs> mm -hmm. but interesting like if I look through my box there are way more complicated dances in there that I used to call regularly that I now don't and I'm not sure why huh. I'm not sure if it's because I'm not calling every month so I'm not or if it's because we're getting a lot of new people so I don't want to or if it's because I'm doubting whether I can teach it well enough <laughs> anymore. So that, you know, I hate when a dance falls apart. Right. So. Yeah. And I mean, I think we are, you know, all, all of us have had to do a big restart with, you know, how, for dancers, for callers, for musicians mm -hmm. and organizers. It's sort of, it's, it, it's totally understandable that I think I still have dances that I'm like, I, God, I mean, yeah, sort of the same thing. I'm like, I know I used to call this and yeah. I'm not yeah. sure if I'm ready. <laughs> I know. So, and then we're larks and robins here. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty good at that now without, I don't think I, I don't think I fall back into the old terms very often, if at all now, but that's also part of, you know, I'm teaching something complex. I might get keeping it, you know. You know, Michael um, Dick, who's with Chris Page, he lives in Ottawa. 
Oh, I didn't know so, that. So, so Michael, he, Michael Dick is the one who worked with Chris Page yeah. to create the callers box, yeah, yeah, which is a database, an amazing tool to look up dances. You know, not only you don't even have to know the name of the dance, you could just look for all the dances that have petronella balances or no. dances that have wavy lines, but not a hay or not a hay in the bee, <laughs> you know, like no, I just, I it's mind boggling. What I love too is um, that they have the links to so many videos. Yeah. If I'm planning a dance, even if it's a dance I've called many times, I like, I like to watch it just to see, you know, really super helpful. But, but I always like, they, they moved here, um, Michael and, um, June when they retired and they looked here and there in Canada to see who which dance community they liked. She's an artist who is um, June. And they chose Ottawa. And so nice. they've been here, I don't I don't know if they've been here a decade yet, but I would be calling and I would see Michael. Writing, writing, taking and notes. Oh, it's my, you know, great but impossible um wish to call a dance and that he does not have in the database. Oh, that's a good, that's a good, it's good to have a quest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's good to have a goal. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, you mentioned the Larks and Robins being mm -hmm. a sort of new, a transition and it's true. I think if you're still, you know, uh, in the process of kind of needing to make sure you do that little switch in your head I certainly haven't like changed over all of my cards no you know, that's yeah, another advantage yeah. to computers it's probably easier to switch those out um but you know yeah it's it is it is terminology that's becoming more and more widespread and so we're yeah. it feels like we're all getting a chance to um to get up to speed and be able to do that well um are there are there other changes in that that you've observed in your local dance community um on you know either from the dance floor or that you notice as a caller in particular I mean we've changed yes but I don't yeah you know, of course yeah yeah it's an evolution right as there is and everything but still got some of the old dances you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, so, do you, you still see people who were with you from the beginning? Yes, yeah. That's a testament to a to a great community. Yeah, there we've got a we've got a good core. Not all of them have come back in um, masking, not masking, don't want to dance at all yet. Uh, era. Yeah, because we would like to bring in bands and callers from outside too just sure. yeah but you know we're still getting new we do this thing um if it's someone's first dance they get a second dance free pass so we give them a pass for the second dance and it can be a year later or the next sure. month when there's no and we ask them to, to write down how they heard about it and like I don't know, the great majority it's from a friend so to keep our dancers happy <laughs> yep and then make it as, as easy as possible for them to come back that's very yep. smart yeah 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 but i'm stepping down this year 
I have stepped down from the organizing committee. Oh my goodness. 35 years. That's big news and mm-hmm. well, well deserved, I would say. I think you've done a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so you're going to, or you have already stepped Just, down. Uh, last night, we, I had the last, it was the last meeting that I attended. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Congratulations. So- That's huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And how, how did you come to that decision? Well, I was the treasurer for most of those years. And uh, so someone has come along who's interested and willing to do it. And uh, so, you know, I think it's great. I think I'm the last one of the old guard that's still, you know, on the organizing side of things. So it's good. Amazing. Amazing. Younger people are taking over. And that's, that's, that's what happens. That's what we hope happens so that things, things continue. And did, and has that been um, something that's happened pretty naturally in Ottawa kind of since you started have, has there been a good kind of people coming in? A lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a lot of people who help out for a few years and then, you know, and then other people come in and that's been good. David Smuckler was another person that I really admired. And, uh, David, yes. Right, because Syracuse is not too far. Yeah, yeah, it's only throw three from out. you. Yeah. 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 And he's quite active with with callers and his area and sort of teaching and Yeah. And he would do those uh, and he, they started they had one this year I think in March. Uh callers gathering. Yeah. Yeah, which I, and I, I did go to the first, I don't know, it's probably done about 10 by now. So those were, those were great. He facilitated great learning experience in all of those, right? Yeah. Have you, you have, I don't think you've been to one, have you? I've been to one of the chestnuts focused gatherings Mm -hmm. that he did. Mm -hmm. I I think it may have been the first, but I can't remember. Maybe it was the second. Anyway, yeah, it was. Uh, I was particularly drawn to that because I because I do love the the older dances are just staying connected to mm-hmm. to those uh, a little bit um, in the trajectory of the tradition. So, um, yeah, and it was wonderful. I mean, callers just it's it's always nice in yeah. any kind of vocation to to chat with people who are at the same level as you, of of sort of nerdery as you are who <laughs> wants to like really go deep <laughs> yeah no those were great those were really helpful to me yeah so. 
since since I was quite isolated here, right? So mm-hmm. uh, those kinds of gatherings were really super. And but it sounds like now you're less isolated. There have been some other. I mean, you one you said um, John Argus started bringing started the second dance series, which started bringing people in from farther afield. Mm-hmm. Um, did that result in more people locally getting excited about it? Or, or you know, do you have local callers? Uh, well, we did. Pippa Hall was one of, was their main caller. But um, it, it was funny because that there was one group that went to his dances and one group, there was not a lot of crossovers, strangely. Oh, Some people really? went to both, hmm. for sure. But so some people kind of learned how to contra dance from me and some from Pippa. So um, Pippa Hall, who was quite involved in that too with John. So they played for those dances and then John, you know, occasionally would bring in bands from other places. So we tried to do that. And then when we put everything together, then the old sod band played for some dances and then we had you know, Noah and all of those guys coming up and Andrew and various sure, people. Yep, the, the Great Bear musicians mm-hmm. were in the neighborhood. Yeah. For many, many years, um, we would have callers gatherings here, like just all the people locally who wanted to learn to call at a, at, uh, at Mary Jane's house in the basement. She had a dance floor down there. Oh, uh, really? Julie and Emily and uh, me, Peter, and uh, so we would get together on a Sunday and use recorded music, and they would call dances, and then we would talk about it as a group after what went wrong, what should you have said here um, to help people, um, why this might not be a great dance for our dance group because it's too complex uh all that kind of stuff and learning uh timing and all of that so we did that and we also had um once a month on tuesday in a little small hall near where i live um a monthly dance where uh, the band was stolen goods which emily addison was leading and that was a great band very a, a lot of people in that band too <laughs> and uh so they played um for free and then we charged a minimum amount from the dancers to pay for the hall which cost us a hundred dollars or something like that so it was really great and then the callers who had been practicing in the basement uh had a chance to call for to come out the, of the basement and exactly. onto the dance floor <laughs> So we did that for many years. That's because on the Saturday night dances, there's pretty high expectation, you know, for uh, from the dancers, for the dances, for the callers. And then on the Tuesday nights, if there was something going wrong, you could stop the dance, start again. People were very understanding because they knew that they were going. So we would get about 20 people 25 people to to that which was plenty the hall really could only I guess we could have had two sets but so that that was a great spot for people to learn how to call and 
and for stolen goods who were just learning how to play for contra dances too. So, and that fell by the wayside after, well, it wasn't the pandemic. It was, I think the price raised at the halls. We tried it. Oh, that's hard. Community center and the floor. One thing about the hall that we used before was a sprung floor our wood floor and then so then we were at a community center on you know linoleum or whatever for a while and the sound wasn't it just the small hall felt like a small country hall right so it yeah. had a good feeling for the dance for a small dance so, right yeah so that that kind of fell away and we haven't revived it at all since 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 we're trying to get everybody to come on Saturdays. Yeah. But it sounds like some of the people who started getting involved through that, through that dance, Emily Addison, Peter Simony. And it also strikes me as just having a little echo of, you know, the beginnings of the old sod band and, and Mm -hmm. you, you know, just kind of the self-starting, um, very sort of community oriented, uh, like, let's just all get together and make, make this thing happen because we, yeah. we want to be a part of it and we want to make it something that happens in our community. So it sounds like you, um, there was a nicely paved path for stolen goods and for the, for the callers group to, um, you know, to when the time was, was right, uh, for, for them to, do that you know sometimes those things don't last a long time but they kind of provide that that leg up for people to go on and and still be really active in in the dance scene so that's yeah. really cool we did it for i don't know feels like a long time it was maybe i don't know seven or eight years probably something like that yeah and yes. now like um we still have some people who would like to get into calling so i think Peter's organizing kind of a workshop for that too, so that um, people feel comfortable. And then, uh, you know, if I'm calling one night and someone wants to call one dance, then that's also what happened. It's a safer way than just to feel you have to call the whole night or something, but yeah. And now that you're just, look at the horizon of kind of a new chapter for for yourself stepping down and and knowing that you helped you know create an organization that is going to going to keep going what's what are you looking forward to well, i'm hoping they'll hire me from time to time <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they will i'll have words with uh, them if they don't yeah. oh please please do <laughs> Yeah, just to enjoy it, enjoy the music, and uh, yeah, there's there's lots of other there's other music going on in towns. Not a lot of other there are no there's other dances for sure, but not um, you know there's swing dance and all that kind of thing going on here too. But um, there's lots of good traditional music to go and listen to. So uh, I've got grandchildren and all of that, you know. Yes, so, which is. A pleasure for us and uh, yeah do they dance any of them they used to come used to my daughters used to come too and now they're <laughs> yeah mary who's 40 
I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Sounds <laughs> uh, good. Let me see. Yes. Uh, she was born in 1981, so make her... Maybe yes. even 42? Not two. Not yet. Not two. Okay. There. Later in the year. So she... And then... And then Lindsay's and Val's daughter, Lindsay, who's a few years younger than Mary. So Val, Rob, and I, and Lindsay and Mary used to go to Neffa together. Nice. And uh, so I don't, I haven't been to Neffa in forever, but do they still do the medley dance at the end? They do. Yes. yes. So Mary was always like, got to get myself a partner. And she was like 12 or 13. You know? <laughs> <laughs> got to get a partner for the medley. Oh, so, so good. Yeah. So, you know, that was great with our kids being involved with that. And then uh, and then um, we had a family dance series here for I went when I went to putting on the dance. Mm-hmm. The first dance, a conference we, for dance organizers. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. We do you remember you were there, right? Yes, you I was. Of, I want to say it was 2011. Yeah, yeah, I was one of the organizers. Yeah, yeah. So you remember uh, we had to write down what we were going to take back to our community. And we were given a card, a name, right? And then we had to tell that person, by a year, I will have done X in my community. And they were to get back to you to say. Right. Great. And then you were to follow up with each other. Yeah. yeah. So what I wrote down was to start a family dance series. And so we did. And that was, we did it, I think, maybe three, four afternoons through the year. Great. And uh, I I really like that. I mean, well, as you know, calling weddings is, you're not really, (laughs) you end up calling three dances and the rest of the time, you know, you're, but the family dances were just so much fun because the parents fully participated uh, with their yes. kids. And yes. so uh, my grandkids came for those, but I really enjoyed following those. That that was really, and then that's gone by the by for now too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's because of your thing you organized. Wow. Then that's... organized a family dance here. That's so, wonderful to hear. How special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we would get like, you know, 90 people for those, right? Yeah. So that was great. I really, really enjoyed that. Um, yeah, it's it's nice how, you know, just different different phases or eras in, in life, you know, sort of tell you like, oh, this is the time for this. And yeah, and it, it serves its role and then you know, I'm excited to see see the next phase of Ottawa Contra, and I'm sure it's in in good hands. And and 100%. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you know, it has been tricky to navigate the past couple of years, but I think it's something that's so so valuable to have in a community. And so I hope that 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 you continue to grow and and. Uh, you know, I may just have to like schedule a little vacation in Ottawa around the time when maybe there's a dance. Cause I really, uh, that has been a lovely thing since the the sort of restart of dancing to get to, yeah. to come back to dances, dance communities where I used to 
come more regularly and catch up with old friends and yeah. and uh yeah. and uh, you know Ottawa and Montreal are are ones that yeah. are I just keep crossing my mind and being oh I'd really like to go back so <laughs> we'll work on yeah. it <laughs> yeah. um Great. Well, I have three questions that I usually close with a little mm -hmm. sort of end sort of little questions. So we've talked a little bit about this already, but I have been tracking with each person that I talk to um, how they how you keep your dance collection and how you notate dances. Um, you know, you've mentioned the callers box, which is this database, mm -hmm. but it sounds like you at least started with dance cards. Is that still how you keep your collection or what's, what's, oh, there she goes. She's got her nice recipe box full of index cards. I'm falling apart. I need a new recipe box. Yep. No, I can't, like, I don't know how people, David, well, David smuggler has about a thousand dances in his head i know yes sometimes he's like oh i started with one dance but then i switched to another but oh well it worked out fine <laughs> <laughs> yes it did david but how he he has them on his phone right i he, think he he's switched to things. something digital yes i just uh, i just can't well first of all i'm having my glasses off on but uh, so yeah, I'm, I still go with cards. I always write the uh, author of the dance, and if I've got it from another caller, I always put that in too. And then I have some scribbly things in other colors, and some of them. Yep. Uh, Reminders. And, yes, and um, so I just have them alphabetical. I don't have them by the main figure or anything like that I know some people do and then I have a section for easy and a section for barn dances for weddings and whatnot right and a section for family dances nice kind of crosses over with barn dances in some sure. way yeah so yeah so that's oh and I have a little section for mixers mm-hmm Mixers are tricky though, aren't they? Sometimes people don't yep. like use, use them discerningly. I I am a pretty diehard circle mixer person. So I, mm -hmm. I just try to keep my chin up and just say, this is what we're doing. And yes, I'm definitely aware that some, <laughs> some people would rather not. And uh I, you know, I would never call more than one mixer, you know, unless yeah. I was at a family dance or barn dance or something like that, but at a regular dance. Um, but I, I will stand by my feeling that they're, uh, they, they do something good to, yeah. to the dance hall, which is in their yeah. name. They mix, they mix us up. Yeah. They get us, you know, seeing and yes. dancing with, with new folks and, um, and I think yeah. that can be a good thing to do. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. Yeah. yeah. I still have my, you know, whole little section of mixers. Nice. So, and otherwise they're just, they're just alphabetical. Yeah. So you are dedicated to your dance cards. Yes. It's well, because, nice. but you know, um, all the young callers, probably including <laughs> yourself, 
spread their cards all over while they're calling? I do do that. Adina definitely does that. Why do you do that? (laughs) Because I like to see all the options. And sometimes I'm changing my program midstream. And so I want to kind of have my different stacks of cards there to flip through while one dance is ending. So yeah, it's very much that. I think that's the sort of the thing that I would really struggle to transfer to a digital device is I, Mm -hmm. I, I, there's something about the sort of tangible spreading things out, looking at them, moving them around, rearranging them that I just don't think I can do on an iPad or, or a laptop, but. I don't know how you have time to do. Well, what I do is I plan my dance and then at the front of my box, I put about a dozen other things that maybe are, uh, I'll, I'll put something that's interesting, but easy to learn or. Some backup dances. Yeah. And then that's what I look through, but. It's like well, you guys have you know the whole like how do they know what they're looking? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So yeah, Adina, definitely right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and then my next question is, you know, thinking about going going out to a gig that you're calling. Do you have anything that you do kind of pre dance or post dance? That's a like a ritual for or, or something that you do to kind of get ready, but to get on stage or to wind down afterwards. Not other than you mean planning the evening. <laughs> right, from- that would certainly be one. But some people, <laughs> you know, have quirks. Want a piece of chocolate before? Want to make? Have to make sure they brush their teeth. Mm. <laughs> Interesting. Well, no, I know I take peppermint tea with me well there you go but it's usually I made it at home and then it's never cools off until about halfway through the second half of the night but uh okay really think of anything that I yeah you're just kind of in the moment no no I just I'm just looking for you know (laughs) what are I'm just thinking about the yeah. Here's the life of a caller, okay. you know. And here's what I do: I go downstairs and I take out Tony Park's book and I kiss the back cover, <laughs> and then I come upstairs. No, I don't. I don't. Do <laughs> Catherine's now gonna invent some rituals for herself. Yes, uh, intriguing. Yeah, no, I love it. You're like, no, I just go to the dance and I I do it. And then it's still well, plan like I plan. Yes. Yes. I still plan thoroughly, even after 30 years. I do not ever just throw a program together. Yeah. This is, this is why I like that. Uh, like I said, the callers box. I, I like to actually watch the dance too. And then, think, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a nice it goes. Yeah. This one I had put away, but let me, oh, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a good dance, you know. Yeah, actually, the beginner's lesson has been my the hardest thing for me. I've struggled with that beginner's lesson. Sort I, of how to to teach it. Well, I I get I don't know if I get I get flustered or something. I don't I I don't I I, I prefer to be up, you know, 
up on the little box, not uh, yeah, not out so, on the floor, kind of face to face with everyone. Yep. But that's something. So Peter and I, um, I don't know, before this season started, or I don't know when it was in the last little while, we sat down and we watched. You know, Seth Kepler has it on YouTube, and there are about four or five people who have their beginner lessons on YouTube, and we watched all of them and made notes what we liked, what we didn't like, and um, so I made a lot of notes to myself, and then I, when I taught the beginner's lesson, one of our dancers told me that that was the best that I had, that's the best beginner's lesson she'd ever seen. She said, oh. "I was like." So you still have to put the work in, right? Like yes. I do. Right? So yes, yeah. no, it it definitely yeah. shows as as you yeah. saw. But I don't know. I mean, when I've seen you do a beginner's lesson, and it's very, I don't know, you're very much relaxed in yourself, and I don't know why beginner's lesson. I don't know what it is. So. I think it's hard too because it's like the start, you know. It's like mm-hmm. you once you're up there and you're line, they're lining up for the first dance. There's a bit of a formula, you're, you know. But the beginner's lesson, it's like you kind of are starting from zero, and you have yeah. to bring everybody into this. Okay, this is what we're doing. It is yeah. a lot of pressure, and it's will I remember everything? Will I remember to teach everything? Will I? I don't know. So anyway, thorough preparation. Yeah helped me out there I'm there really you go. that's your ritual <laughs> really preparing is my ritual yes yes I Thank knew you. you had one <laughs> um and then my last question which uh, if you know uh, do you think of yourself as an introvert or an extrovert um uh, I'm not an introvert hmm. but yeah. I'm not you know I don't think of myself. No, I like, I like talking to people and, you know, I'm not, yeah, because they're definitely callers who are introverts. Yeah. Yeah. It's really kind of pretty, pretty divided. Yeah. Um, But I'm just always curious about it since, since it's a job that requires kind of being with a lot of people Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's different ways that people approach that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like I like telling people what to do. There you go. <laughs> I'm an older sister, you know, so uh huh. Well, I do have an older brother, but you know, I have two younger siblings. Yes, but clearly, your as your as your community voted with with their attendance and participation I think people like like it when you tell them what to do and so that (laughs) you're doing it in a way that makes it inviting and and fun and uh there's nothing I like better than when I'm not having to say anything and I'm just watching the dance and the band is playing and I'm just up there bathing in it (laughs) the glow of it all yes (laughs) the glow of all the you know the good feelings people have yeah absolutely yeah wonderful well Catherine thanks so much for talking with me today well you're welcome great to check in with the Ottawa scene um and and I feel like it's a maybe a great timing that we caught you just as you're kind of making this transition 
Yeah. A little, a little cherry on top. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much to Catherine for talking with me. You can check out the show notes for today's episode at cdss.org slash podcasts. This project is supported by CDSS, the Country Dance and Song Society, and is produced by Ben Williams and me, Mary Wesley. Thanks to Great Meadow Music for the use of tunes from the album Old New England by Bob McQuillan, Jane Orzachowski, and Deanna Stiles. Visit cdss.org slash podcasts for more info. Happy dancing! The views expressed in this podcast are of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect those of CDSS.